you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a solution for low B1. Zobria. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells to stop functioning properly, resulting in numbness, tingling, burning, and pain in the feet and legs. It may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to improve the functioning of these nerve cells. You can get Zobria risk-free by going to zobria.com. That's zobria.com and get 20% off with coupon code Hoffman at checkout. This offer is only available to Intelligent Medicine listeners. That's zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Lots of stuff to discuss on today's program. You can join us by calling 877-726-8255. you have a question or a comment, we'd be delighted to usher you into the doctor's office. There's virtually no waiting, and you don't need an appointment, 877-726-8255. And we've got lots to discuss today. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Clint Eastwood, who's a, a phenom appearing in his new movie, Cry Macho. I've seen the trailers, and he looks pretty spry for 91. We're going to take a look at uh, his health secrets, 877-726-8255. Uh, we'll also talk about uh, COVID, because COVID is still amongst us. Some new stories on the COVID front. Uh, and we're going to be talking about how consuming fruits and vegetables and exercising can make you happier. Yeah, according to the latest study. All right, um, what's happening on uh, the COVID front? Uh, several big news stories, uh, one in particular just broke about the COVID-19 booster. The administration wants everyone to get boosters, and they're already bought and paid for, but there's a little bit of a turf battle going on between the executive branch and the Food and Drug Administration, which is technically a, a part of the executive branch. But um, the White House wants to urge adults to get the COVID-19 booster uh, six months or eight months, take your choice, after a previous shot, because it appears that immunity wanes after the initial uh, Pfizer or Moderna shots. And uh, the FDA is saying not so fast. It's their prerogative to sign off on boosters. They're the drug and vaccine review agency. And it's not for the administration to jump the gun and say everybody needs boosters. And so they exercise their prerogative just yesterday. And uh, in a 13 to 2 vote, I think that was the score, uh, vaccine advisors to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration declined to recommend that the agency approve COVID-19 booster doses for everyone 
who got vaccinated six months ago or longer. And uh, they just looked at the Pfizer. They did not look at the Moderna. More on that later, because we got some new uh, statistics on the efficacy of the vaccines. Um, so the FDA did, however, recommend a more limited step, emergency use authorization or an EUA for people 65 and older and for people at high risk for severe infection. And, you know, doctors can get creative about immune-compromised states. So you can get a recommendation from your doctor if you want the booster. Uh, for example, a 32-year-old with asthma might qualify, even though they're not over 65. Or uh, an overweight 55-year-old with high blood pressure, they might be considered, quote, at risk. And from what I understand, talking to some people, uh, it's pretty easy to just uh, talk your way into getting a booster if you show up at a CVS drugstore or a place uh, where they're offering vaccines and fill out some questionnaires and eh, maybe put down that you've uh, got some uh, respiratory problems or that you've got some sort of excuse for getting the vaccine. But uh, the FDA says that it's too soon to recommend uh, universal booster shots. Um the reason is, is they're relying on data submitted by Pfizer, the manufacturer of the vaccine. And Pfizer says it's safe and effective as a booster. But uh, this, uh, these studies have just been out. They've not even been uh, peer-reviewed. And they're saying, uh, and I'm quoting, we're being asked to approve this as a three-dose vaccine for people 16 years of age and older without any clear evidence that the third dose for a younger person when compared to an elderly person is of value. And... Um, if it's not of value, then the, the slight risks, you know, the risks are slight, but more substantial perhaps than the benefits, then the risks may outweigh the benefits. So, for example, we know that 16 to 29-year-olds are at higher risk of myocarditis, a, a rare but a serious side effect of getting a vaccine. So uh, ultimately, uh, they're going to take some time to review this before they recommend universal vaccination. So that's uh, the story on that. Now, there's a new story, uh, kind of interesting, because a lot of people ask me, and they ask me in my practice, and they ask me on the air, uh, which vaccine to take. You know, they're finally going to take the vaccine, but they're just perseverating. And it's like, it's kind of like, uh, shall I buy uh, a Ford truck, a uh, Ford F-150, or a Chevy Blazer? You know, I'm just not sure, you know, which one, which, which you know, truck or SUV to get. And, you know, it's kind of six of one, half dozen of the other. So, you know, there's no decisive benefit to one versus the other. Uh, and the way I said it was, it's kind of like uh, deciding who's going to be the winner of a horse race by uh, observing the first uh, furlong. Uh, you know, as they approach the first curve, uh, whoever's in the lead might uh, dip back uh, and uh, vice versa. But uh, they now have some data that, suggests that the Moderna vaccine creates twice as many antibodies as the Pfizer vaccine. Now, that may be good or may not be so good. It may mean that, you know, if you're concerned about side effects, perhaps uh, the Pfizer vaccine is milder. But at any rate, uh, the study compared the levels of antibodies produced against the coronavirus spike protein, which is the target of these vaccines. And um, what they found is that uh, Moderna recipients uh, had more than twice uh, as high antibodies as did uh, Pfizer recipients. Whether that translates into durability 
of protection or whether it's going to end up being the same uh, or whether it translates to efficacy of protection. Uh, but there is a study that speaks to that, and it suggests that there's a slight edge to the Moderna vaccine, very slight. Uh, the In this study, looking at nearly 3,700 people, 21 hospitals in 18 states, including uh, Montefiore in the Bronx, which is one of the places I trained at, the Moderna vaccine was 93% effective at preventing hospitalization for COVID among adults. And over the same period, which was March through August of this year, the Pfizer vaccine was 88% effective. So 93% for the Moderna, 88% for the Pfizer. The J&J vaccine lagged. It was 71% effective, but all still you know, pretty effective. Uh, the metric is preventing hospitalization. And um, that's a good segue to another COVID story, which is, you know, how do we know how we're doing? How are we doing? Well, we can look at deaths. Deaths are you know, pretty clear. Although the problem with deaths is that sometimes death is attributed to COVID when people have a multiplicity of other conditions. There's a sneaking suspicion that some people who die of something else who happen to have COVID uh, are listed as COVID deaths when actually they may be on their last legs and COVID-19 was just the coup de grace, just happened to be an accompanying factor. Well, a new study suggests that almost half of those hospitalized with COVID-19 have mild or asymptomatic cases. And that's uh, kind of concerning because we're, we're looking at the statistics. We're saying COVID is bad. COVID is bad. It's particularly bad in certain states. But is it really as bad as the hospitalization statistics would suggest? Uh, this is an article that appeared in The Atlantic, which is not necessarily a, you know, a, a COVID denier publication. It's not a uh, you know right wing magazine. Uh, the article uh, suggests that uh, the number of patients hospitalized with COVID nineteen in the United States right now is as high as it has been since the beginning of February. Uh, so it appears that things are getting worse. But they say that there are many COVID patients in the hospital with fairly mild symptoms who've been admitted for simply for observation on account of their comorbidities. The concern is that maybe they'll take a nosedive, so they put them in the hospital, or they reported feeling short of breath, which is sometimes real, sometimes subjective. And another portion of the patients in this tally are in the hospital for something unrelated to COVID. And when you get admitted to a hospital, everybody gets tested for COVID. So you get admitted to the hospital, say you have, uh, I don't know, appendicitis. Uh, or you have uh, congestive heart failure, uh, or you break your hip, and everybody gets tested because they don't want to admit people to a hospital and not know that they have COVID to spread COVID within the hospital. So everybody gets tested routinely, regardless of why they're there. You know, maybe you know they don't even have a fever or don't feel bad or don't have um, uh, breathing compromise. You know, a lowered uh, PO2, the uh, finger stick test. So what they found is that um, a significant number of people, uh, according to the study, almost half of those hospitalized have mild or asymptomatic cases, uh, or they have other stuff going on, and they just happen to test positive for COVID. So, however, this is reflected as a COVID hospitalization. 
So the statistics that we depend on may be somewhat illusory. 877-726-8255, our number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. I'll take some of your phone calls momentarily. This is Intelligent Medicine. Mom, can I have some spray? Sure, honey. Thanks, Mom. You know what that is? That's the sound of my child thanking me for giving her something that's actually good for her teeth. Spry Gum is part of the Spry Dental Defense System, a complete line of oral care products made with 100% xylitol, the all-natural sweetener with proven dental benefits. So when we're at home, my whole family uses Spry toothpaste and mouthwash to help strengthen our teeth and reduce the risk of tooth decay. And when we're on the go, I just throw some Spry Gum and mince right into my bag. My kids love it, and I love that it's all natural. No sugar, no aspartame, or any other chemicals. Just think of that. I reward my kids for taking care of their teeth at home by giving them gum and mints on the go that are good for their teeth. Visit SpryDental.com or ask for Spry by name at your local health food store. You can also ask your dentist about Spry. And make sure your mouth is receiving all the benefits of 100% xylitol products. At Vitamin Shop, Sprouts, Kroger, and most natural product retailers. Find a retailer near you at clear.com. There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea. Future Farm's Elderberry with Zinc and Echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all-natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here, 877-726-8255, our number. You can call us now and come into the doctor's office as Boris is doing. Boris is in Brooklyn, New York. How are you doing? Hello, Dr. Hoffman. Gee, you know what my fantasy is? It's yeah. nothing risque. It's for okay. you to be the special advisor to the president regarding COVID. But <laughs> I think that's only a dream because they want... Uh, you know, either more extreme approaches and nothing that's nuanced. Thank you. And But do you really wish that on me, Boris? I mean, <laughs> come on. You, you you claim to like me, and then you wish that on me. That's terrible. <laughs> what so anyway, I want to ask you, I'm yeah. 77, and um, my testosterone is down to 300 from 500 a few years ago. I mean, from 400. And um, my doctor said it wouldn't hurt to get it back up to four or 500. And... Um, and therefore, he thought I could, you know, take um, testosterone supplements. And uh, but I went to another doctor for another thing. And she said that um, since my father had passed from uh, uh, prostate cancer, that she wanted me to go to urologist to have a digital exam, even though I don't have any symptoms of, you know, increased urination. Yep. And my yep. PSA has always been well below one. Okay. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff uh, going on in, in that question. Uh, so, first of all, the, the decline in, tes in testosterone that you are describing is not uh, critical. Uh, you're, you've gone from 500 to 300, which is kind of normal and average for a 77-year-old. 
And it's not a, in fact, not a very bad testosterone at all, especially when you think of your age. Now you may want to, you may want to say, well, I'd like to be the equivalent to a 35 year old. I want to feel the same vigor and energy and, you know, sexual prowess, libido, motivation, uh, and have, uh, you know, have my body really be shredded like a, like a young man. Uh, so you might consider quote supplementation, but what are they talking about? They're talking about buying over the counter supplements or are they oh, talking no, no. about? No, he meant to actually be given cream or pellets yeah, or yeah. something like that. The real that. deal. The real yeah, deal really. testosterone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, okay. So the other thing that's going on is your PSA. And when your PSA is below one, uh, that is so far removed from the risk of cancer. It's you know, virtually inconceivable that you have a hidden uh, source of prostate cancer. Uh, it's not a bad idea to get a PSA uh, and maybe a digital rectal exam before going on testosterone, but I think it would be safe for you to go on it. But what are you hoping to achieve? Do you feel pretty good? You know, where would you like to optimize? Well, I thought I would um, just, I thought to increase some energy. And also I tend to be underweight, even though I work out with weights and yep. take protein supplements and have, you know, a protein diet. And I heard that um, without adequate testosterone, you know, even if you exercise with resistance training, one wouldn't be able to uh, gain or, uh, you know, muscle. I, I think it's safe for you to explore that, you know, as long as you remain uh, under supervision, get uh, PSAs from time to time, take a relatively low dose of testosterone, and see if it's worthwhile. You know, at the end of the day, you may say it doesn't make that much difference, especially since you feel relatively well. Now, it'd be a different thing if you were, like, completely debilitated, if you had insulin resistance, a big pot belly, you know, very depressed, uh, have uh, severe uh, sleep problems, mood problems, depression, uh, then your body would be crying out for testosterone. But this is sort of an optimization step. It's optional. I don't like to run any risk whatsoever when there's no necessity, but I think the risk for you uh, is fairly uh, minimal. Uh, and, you know, here's another thing is that uh, when it comes to uh, uh, testosterone and prostate cancer, uh, the new think on it is that even men who've had prostate cancer, if they've had a low PSA after whatever treatment they've uh, undergone, um, that after a period of time, the PSA remains low and the exams are okay, that if they need it, they can take testosterone safely as long as they get followed up carefully. So I think that um, that is a possibility for you, Boris. Thank you very much for your call and your kind words. 877-726-8255, our number When we return, we'll take a look at the diet that has kept Clint Eastwood in shape. This is Intelligent Medicine. Do you suffer from numbness, tingling, burning, or pain in your feet and legs? It could be caused by something as simple and common as a B1 deficiency. This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a solution for low B1. Zobria. Zobria is a safe, effective, and clinically proven nutritional supplement containing a high-potency bioactive form of vitamin B1, which has been shown to reverse symptoms caused by low B1 with no side effects. Low B1 causes your nerve cells to stop functioning properly, resulting in numbness, tingling, burning, and pain in the feet and legs. It may also contribute to forgetfulness, loss of mental focus, fatigue, and loss of appetite. Restoring proper B1 levels has been shown to improve the functioning of these nerve cells. You can get Zobria risk-free by going to Zobria.com. That's Zobria.com and get 20% off with coupon code Hoffman at checkout. This offer is only available to Intelligent Medicine 
service and listeners. That's Zobria.com. Vitamin B1 perfected. Now more than ever, it is important to have a healthy immune system. Many health professionals agree that probiotics are a leading natural therapy for boosting immune health. Why? Because 70% of your body's immune cells reside in the GI tract. By taking a superior probiotic daily, like Dr. O'Hara's probiotics with their postbiotic metabolites, you can enhance your overall immune system and immune response. For additional immune support, get RegActive's immune formula to boost your glutathione levels, since our glutathione levels go down if we feel stressed. Maintaining glutathione levels is a key factor for natural defense. For a short-term immune boost, try Dr. O'Hara's Propolis Plus, which provides probiotic and immune support and includes Brazilian green propolis for superior antioxidant support and vitamin E, astaxanthin, and flax oil. Be proactive about your immune health. Ask your retailer today about Dr. O'Hara's probiotics, RegActive Immune Formula, and Dr. O'Hara's Propolis Plus today. Also available online. Back to Intelligent Medicine, Dr. Ronald Hoffman here, 877-726-8255. And Joseph in Minnesota, welcome. Hi, Joe. Hi there. Hey, how you Hey, it's good to have a doctor on the phone with me. Uh, yeah, I'm especially since it's a weekend. Yeah, they're, they're tough to get a hold of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but but the main thing I'm, I'm concerned about is... Uh, you know, the masks and the mixed, mixed messages that are being sent, um, you know, uh, what are the effectiveness of them? I mean, do you think that it, it do, do you recommend wearing them anytime you're in public? Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I'm actually broadcasting here from uh, my home studio, and I got the window open so I can see the sidewalk. And just uh, a few minutes before the show, a, a, a whole family walked by. Uh, I guess it was grandparents, parents, and uh, some kids. And they were all wearing masks. <laughs> you're taking a walk outside and they were all wearing masks, which to me is the height of absurdity. Uh, I think that uh, masking outside is nuts. Uh, you know, unless, uh, I don't know, maybe you're packed into a stadium or something like that and you're afraid that, uh, you know, when you go for a hot dog or something that maybe uh, the air circulation is not that great. But um, uh, I do think masks have some benefit. Uh, the trouble is that it's not that much, and the protection is incomplete. And so, you know, they made a real issue about wear a mask, wear a mask. And, and part of that mask thing, of course, is to signal that something's wrong, that we are in the midst of a pandemic, and that we should maintain social distancing, and we should keep in mind that, uh, you know, not getting too touchy-feely, and that whole thing. So it kind of communicates risk which is good in a way for people's protection, but it's bad because it kind of casts a pall over society. And the masks, um, especially the cloth masks, not very effective because if you look at uh, a cloth mask under a microscope, you see basically it looks like, uh, uh, you know, a tennis net. It, you know, it's like cross-hatched fabric threads uh, with holes in between. And the holes uh, allow nanoparticles, you know, like big gobs of, of uh, snot, you know, when you sneeze or when you cough, uh, those particles are going to be trapped by the mask. But the tiny, tiny aerosolized particles, they can penetrate the masks. To some extent, that's the case with paper masks. They're a little more effective, but, you know, you can see the gaps around the mask. People breathe around masks. I know that for a fact because when I go outside with a mask, my glasses get all fogged up. What's up with that? What's up with that? that means I'm breathing not through the mask, but I'm breathing upwards towards my glasses, 
And that means I, if I were to carry uh, coronavirus, uh, I would spread it. And I'm not sure that I wouldn't be able to pull in particles uh, around the cloth mask. And then there are these tight-fitting N95 masks, uh, which are better. But, you know, try doing anything uh, that's remotely physical uh, when you're when you have an N95 mask on. And N95 masks are uh, pretty claustrophobic. They cause carbon dioxide retention. That can make you uh, lightheaded, affect you cognitively. Uh, not a great thing. You know, uh, doctors and hospitals have had to wear them, you know, when exposed to patients with serious infections. But their performance is impaired. So the mask, the mask thing is a mixed bag. And I wear masks uh, when I go inside in New York, uh, not because necessarily mandated, but, you know, out of, I guess, respect for other people, you know, lest somebody feel like uh, maybe I'm typhoid Mary, uh, I'll wear masks. Uh, I'll wear masks for my own protection if I'm in a place that's, you know, got a lot of people closely packed. Maybe some of those people uh, are errant carriers of uh, some coronavirus particles. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe I'll get some measure of protection. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where, it's not binary. It's not like masks are worthless or masks are our salvation. And the truth lies somewhere in between, and that's why there's a lot of controversy. So thank you for bringing that up, Joseph. 877-726-8255, our number. Now let me tell you about um, something that I'm a big fan of. I, I think it's, it's really one of the supplement breakthroughs of uh, the past couple of years. Uh, CBD. Uh I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep. I can attest to that because uh, I've had some uh, anxious nights while preparing for my triathlon, and I took some CBD, which I'll be telling you about. The product is CBD Sleep along with CBD Calm, and um, I feel a really Help me get restful, restorative sleep without a hangover. Uh, CBD Calm, on the other hand, helps ease tension and soothe irritability and contributes to a great sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD plus L-theanine and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon, lemon balm. By the way, it tastes great. Uh, so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30. Forget this, 30% off. That's a special for our intelligent medicine listeners. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Try it. All right. Uh, this item uh as promised, I'm going to talk to you about Clint Eastwood. Now, Clint Eastwood is has a new movie. He just keeps on trucking. Uh, the movie's Cry Macho, and I've seen the trailers, and he looks incredibly spry for 91. Uh, most people at 91 are already long dead. They're certainly not contemplating uh, uh, writing, directing, and starring in a movie, uh, and uh, he he does some things that require some physical stamina as well. <laughs> He's got a mean right hook. 
so I did a little investigating on what might be his longevity secrets. And according to some articles I've read, he really is kind of a health nut. Uh, he is what's called an absurdly healthy eater. Uh, he exercises daily. Uh, there's a 1991 article. That was, what, 30 years ago. Uh, Eastwood described his habit of eating almost absurdly healthy food. Uh, he has a rigorous workout schedule. Uh, he uh, tends to rely on fish, fruits, and veggies, uh, pasta, and various supplements. He steers clear of red meat and dairy. And uh, he's also big on, on vitamins. Uh, he takes uh, a whole program of anti-aging supplements uh, recommended to him by his fitness guru, Dr. Harry Demopoulos, who's one of the world's leading anti-aging researchers. And he's actually uh, contributed and been involved in uh, anti-aging research himself. Clint Eastwood is. So uh, his stamina and longevity uh, is just a remarkable testimony to his uh, lifestyle. And part of the reason for him doing this is that his dad died young. And this is a, a pattern among people who are uh, health-oriented. I know it's the case in my case because my father, a smoker, succumbed to lung disease at a relatively young age at 70. Uh, I'd steer, steered clear of that habit and began a healthy exercise habit in college along with healthy diet. And uh, his father died at uh, 63, suffered a fatal heart attack. So maybe that maybe that's part of the impetus for uh, Clint Eastwood to um, be so careful about his own personal dietary habits. Uh, this item, uh, study finds body mass index for children greatest in Midwest, least in West. You know, the, talk about corn-fed Midwesterners. There really is something to it because a study examining the body mass index of over 14,000 children from birth to age 15 shows that those in the Midwest have the highest BMI level, while kids in the West have the lowest. So there really is kind of a, a regional uh, influence on childhood obesity. Uh, you might think that the South would be the place where there's the highest BMI. Well, it was the Midwest trailed trailed shortly thereafter by the South. And um, so what they really need to pinpoint is what is it about Midwestern lifestyle and dietary habits that makes those kids bigger? And they certainly are. 877-726-8255, with apologies to my listeners in the Midwest. This is Intelligent Medicine. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements 
I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site, it's safe, secure, and HIPAA-compliant, and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine, and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code HOFFMAN30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here. 877-726-8255. Our number, by the way, that number available to you 24-7. So a uh, question should occur to you uh, during the week. Uh, well, you can just call that number and record a question. Well, we have a live call from Rose, I'm sorry, Roz in Brooklyn. Welcome. Thank you for taking my call. My I just got I just got my blood test back, and uh, my cholesterol is kind of high. Okay. The total is two seventy six, and the LDL is one ninety six. Oh, okay. So that is a little high. Yeah. So, uh, what's the question? How do I get it lower? <laughs> well, so the the what I always I always take this perspective is I first ask the question: uh, Do you need to get your cholesterol lower? Because we've you know. Uh, maybe 30, 40 years ago, uh, nobody knew from cholesterol. The beginning of my career was when the cholesterol awareness campaign began. And we sort of terrorized people into believing that if they have high cholesterol, that they must, must, must lower it. And so uh, people who are okay with drugs readily take the drugs to lower cholesterol. And people who are into supplements are always looking for supplements to lower their cholesterol. But the question remains, you know, should you lower your cholesterol? There's actually some statistics that suggest that women over 70 or 75, the higher their cholesterol is, the more likely they are to survive into well into their 80s and 90s and beyond. Uh, because it, so, you know, I'd have to know a little bit more about you. By the way, this is something that I do quite routinely. A lot of people come to me for a second opinion on uh, whether they need to lower the cholesterol or what they've been told they need to go on a statin. And then, you know, we spend a considerable amount of time going over their actual risk factors. And sometimes we determine that, yeah, maybe it's a good idea to take uh, a drug. Uh, alternatively, there are some natural things that lower cholesterol. But I'd have to know, you know, some things about you. Are you overweight? Are you hypertensive? Are you diabetic? Uh, have you had a coronary artery calcium scan, which can reveal the early presence of calcification? which indicates a higher risk for cardiovascular disease. Uh, have you had an event? Do you have a strong family history? Do you have other blood tests which 
combined with high cholesterol could put you at risk, such as uh, high insulin or high hemoglobin A1C or a high inflammatory profile with an elevated highly sensitive C-reactive protein, or high LP little a, high apole lipoprotein B. <laughs> it sounds complicated, but, you know, it's something that I do quite routinely. So uh, hi, are you otherwise in good health? Yes. I'm 79, okay. and I'm pretty yep. good health. I just have pains, normal pains. Yeah, my aches and pains. My is fine. My uh, CPR is 2.6. CPR, you mean CRP? CRP is 2.6. Yeah, so that's, that's a little high, but that might also be a reflection of your uh, joint inflammation and not necessarily related to your heart. So, uh, okay, well, let's assume that you need to lower your cholesterol and you'd prefer not to take a medication. I think that's the purpose of your call. There are some things that can do that. One of them is bergamot. Uh, I kind of like that supplement uh, because it's an extract of a citrus um, uh, fruit that uh, has cholesterol-lowering capabilities. Uh, you could also consider taking red yeast rice, although I'm not sure you absolutely need to. Do you know what your HDL cholesterol is? 64. Okay, so the ratio is not as good as we'd hope because the cholesterol is about 270, 270 divided by 64. It's greater than, uh, it's about 4. We optimally, we like to see that ratio less than four, maybe as good as three or 2.5. That confers the high HDL confers protection. So, you know, just uh, from this brief conversation, I would say that you might need to lower your cholesterol. It's not entirely sure, but it'd be best if you got uh, very, very targeted guidance, especially from a nutritionally oriented physician to see if really uh, it demands lowering. I mean, look, the reflex move by a conventional doctor is like, oh, you got high cholesterol, put you on a stat, no problem. You know, and that, you know, it's like we got to put in the drinking water. <laughs> it's so good yeah, that, you know, know everybody's... I don't want to do That's the first thing they say is we'll put you on right. a statin. And, and especially in women, statins can sometimes move you a little more towards type 2 diabetes, make you more insulin resistant. Sometimes you get the leg pains, you get the fatigue, and you don't want to do that unless it's absolutely necessary. I mean, not everybody gets the side effects, but a considerable percentage of people do. So uh, it's, I think it's kind of a, a weighty decision. Uh, about going on a statin. And, you know, we don't want to just make that decision haphazardly, you know, like, it's kind of like the vaccine, you know, it's like everybody, everybody in the pool, you know. And, well, you know, there may be some people who, you know, have higher risk of side effects or exposure. Similarly with the statins, although statins, I think, uh, far less imperative than the vaccine, you know, vaccine confronting a terrible pandemic, but, you know, uh, statins somewhat reduce the risk for cardiovascular disease, but, most of the people checking into emergency rooms these days with uh, chest pain and uh, heart attacks, they're already on statins. So it's not a complete protective. It somewhat reduces risk, but it's not a perfect bulwark against all harm. There you go. So thank you very much uh, for that call. Um, all right. Uh, this item, and this is interesting because a lot of people think that COVID is worse than it is. I mean, it's bad enough. And the news reports tend to trumpet the hospitalizations and deaths so they did a survey of what people thought was the actual death rate from COVID. The actual death rate is uh, 1.6%. The survey found that 30% of American adults correctly estimate the rate, the rate as being less than 2%. That's a minority of American adults. Most American adults think, think it's higher. Another 20% incorrectly believe the rate is higher between 2% and 5%, that, that's outrageous, is that you think you got a 1 in 20 chance of dying if you get COVID. Now, the vast majority of people 
uh, just have, a, you know, they're asymptomatic or they have uh, flu-like symptoms. Some people report that it's the worst flu they ever have, but they, they weather it without hospitalization. About 17% said they think the mortality rate is up to more than five times worse than it is in the 5 to 10% range. 19%, nearly one-fifth, believe the rate is more than 10%. And it kind of goes with, it depends on what media you're listening to. Uh, people who listen to conservative-leaning news channels uh, more uh, more likely correctly estimated the COVID-19 mortality rate. But still, uh, listeners to Fox News, only 34% correctly estimated the COVID-19 mortality rate. Uh, viewers of liberal outlets, CNN, only 22% correctly estimated. MSNBC, 24%. So it seems like maybe they, there's an exaggeration. But... The best policy of all, if you want to correctly estimate the mortality rate, uh, is not to watch cable news at all, because those who didn't watch cable news, whether right-wing or left-wing or in between, uh, 38% correctly estimated the mortality rate uh, as less than 2%. So I guess it's best <laughs> to not be informed incessantly about COVID, 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 because the more you hear about it, the more deadly you think it is. It's plenty deadly on its own, but to overestimate it, that's no good. That's no good. All right, 877-726-8255, our number. When we return, taking more of your phone calls, we'll talk about uh, monoclonal antibodies, yeah, and we'll also talk about a new landmark study that tells us that we've been missing the boat entirely on our weight loss strategies. This is Intelligent Medicine. 